on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. People believe with this law of attraction, you attract what you want. I believe it's a caveat to that. You attract who you are. Yeah. You have to first become a person of kindness, of servitude, of something that's worth attracting, and yeah. then people attract to you and people bring money, right? That's how that works. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I've got a super special guest here today. From a naming perspective, we've got Christopher King here at the <laughs> King's table. He goes by King also. So King, my brother, welcome to the King stage. How are you? I'm doing great, Chaz. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's an honor and a privilege to be here, and I'm looking forward to the interview. Dude, I, you know, I got I to gotta tell the listener, because when you came up you know, in, the, in the schedule for the show, and obviously you've gone through you know, some of the initial calls and, and you know, qualification stuff that we go through with my team, but I was like, dude, is your name really King? You're, you're on the Gathering the King <laughs> show. What is this? Who is this guy? So, dude, I, I love it. I love the energy that you're, that you're bringing, even just with the name. Tell us, what kind of business do you have? Well, I have a business where I'm a business consultant, but more so a business connector. And I build connectionally intelligent tribes to do things that you can't do as an individual business. It's too greater. So it has to be a higher purpose behind bringing the businesses together. And in doing that and having a higher purpose, it's a great way to build connections, relationships with folks who are in alignment with your higher purpose. And so I help businesses identify who their strategic partners are, build those connections, and once they make those connections, generate social capital, and then social capital generates financial capital. You know, it's financial capital to provide financing for larger projects. Love it. I love it. We were talking off air just a little bit, but basically you're looking to connect with entrepreneurs who have a greater calling, a greater purpose, and, and to use those connections in, in bigger opportunities to take care of people, I'll let you get into some of that here as we get into the show, but you're, it's like it's like a it's like building blocks. You're you're starting with good people who are well intentioned and they want to use their money for good things, and then you're providing these amazing <clears throat> opportunities to invest and in building projects in different parts of the country. So we're gonna get into some of that, but before we do, why why are you doing this? Like you've obviously been successful, you've been doing this for a while, you've been doing business for a while. Why why are you still pushing? Why are you still in the game? Well, that's a great question. And I would say it all started with my coming up. When I was 18, 19 years old, I was a wayward youth. Wasn't doing anything criminally wrong, but just out there, not obeying my parents, out there living life. And didn't graduate from high school. It wasn't until a friend of mine gave me a book, which was Michael X's autobiography. And when I read that book, it gave me a higher purpose. It finally aligned with I have a purpose in my life and yeah. I began to look at education differently. Fortunately for me, my parents had instilled in me 
the habit and love for reading. So reading was there. I just wasn't applying myself in school because no one in my neighborhood, including my parents, had a job that I was actually interested in. Right. Like, Why well, go to school and do what you do? Right? I have no interest in that. Right. <laughs> but that book gave me a purpose. And that purpose really changed things for me. It really grounded me. And so I really began to pursue education with the intensity for that. And so this was back in 98, 89. And one thing I was really good at, my mom had asked me, what do you like to do? It was computers, playing an Atari video game. So that led me to, well, put me in tech school, led tech school, and I started a computer career. And I went through a computer career where I was able to travel the world and start to see things in a different way. That really educated me and grew my awareness to how life really was. And it was yeah. a trip to Brazil that really opened everything for me. I went to Brazil. I got a chance to see real, in my eyes, poverty. From a context, right. you have right. groups of children who are five to ten, and they're packed, and they're walking the streets begging. And for me, a lot of people I went with, they ignored them, treat them like we treat homeless people here. You just shun them, but sure. these are kids. So, they, long story short, I came back and quit my career. I said, I want to be to travel more. I want to open orphanages in Brazil. I want to learn more about real estate, and they just kind of put me on that path of understanding how to build connections, how to build relationships, understanding the importance of financing. And that led me to kind of where I am today. Yeah, I love it. Obviously, there's so many layers of purpose when you're talking about, you know, helping people succeed in the people that you connect with. But then you're talking about helping kids or other greater purpose endeavors that I know your projects are, are connected to. But I mean, wow, not many people, like you said, travel to a specific area like that. And then even of the ones that do come back with such like fire around like a conviction to go after solving the problem or helping those individuals. Why, why do you think, or what do you think was about seeing those kids that, you know, that made the switch for you of like, I need to, I need to devote my, my life. I'm going to change over my career. Like, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. That's a big decision. What was it? Well, you know, enough, the people I went through on a trip with were all very successful men, doctors, real estate, investors, and they told me the rules. Whatever you do, do not listen to them, don't give them any money, ignore them, walk past them, et cetera. Well, I wasn't expecting kids. I was expecting homeless people, right? Homeless men and women. Sure. So I was prepared for that. Well, one kid came up to me and it was asking for money and I had money in my pocket that I was going to use for the vacation, for the trip. So I said, all right, I'm going to give you money, but I'm going to walk him over to a kiosk and I brought some food. Well, him and his friends, hamburgers and all that. It didn't cost me anything more than $25. Right. And so back in that time, Brazil had, they were behind us in technology. So that you had to rent a cell phone. And they was renting those big cell phones that we had gave up five years early, right? <laughs> sure. Huge cell phones, but they charge you a $500 deposit. Because, you know, it was, you get lost or you get stolen. Yeah. Long short, I'm still on the beach after I gave the kids the money. And I'm being a typical American. I'm involved in a conversation. Now we at growth. I got the phone next to me instead of sitting in front of me. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw the phone get pushed towards me. And I looked down quickly. It was one of the kids who I fed the day prior. And he right. was telling me, because he spoke Portuguese, so we couldn't communicate verbally. Right. That don't have your phone sitting here. He was telling me, push it closer to you. Yeah. And so 
in doing that, I realized that I had created a bond. Wow. These kids were looked at as criminals and thugs and all that, but they were just trying to survive. So had yeah. I not paid him, had I ignored him and, and done the things that I was told to do, Shoot, he, there he went your phone. My phone ran out of the beach. I wouldn't have called him. And I would have been out of more than $25. So right. that to me showed me that if you take your time, show kindness, show compassion, that anyone, particularly in that situation, you know, are looking for an opportunity. So I came back committed to saying, well, what I'm learning, I want to help other people create opportunities the same way. Dude, that's such an impactful story. I, I, I can only imagine being in that moment and having the reciprocation, right? Because that's what it was. I mean, that's what we do in business in general is we try to reciprocate. We try to, you know, if someone adds value to us, then we want to add value to them and or vice versa. We're trying to create value so that we can get value back. And But dude, that's like real life, real deal reciprocation right there. I love it. And, and from an innocent person as well, from a, from, a, from a human who, like you said, wanted to survive. How, how has that played into the greater purpose now? Obviously, you wanted to build orphanages and, and, you, and you're, start, you're starting to build stuff you know, here in the U.S. And, but like what? That's a big gap to go from beach, he didn't steal my phone, to now I have this greater purpose and I want to X, Y, Z, all these things that are in the clouds. Like, how do those things connect? Well, that's a great question. You're absolutely right. It is a big gap. Well, fortunately, at that time, I was working for a, a, a low-ex consulting firm making quite a bit of money. And a friend of mine sold me my first piece of real estate in DC. This is before the big housing boom. This is again, 88, 89 time frame. And he was saying, DC is going through a monster change. Real estate is going to explode. No one else was hearing that. So, you know, the model was go buy these old hundred year old homes in DC, renovate them. And, you know, you make your money. Well, I did that. Didn't want to live in a neighborhood. I brought my home because the neighborhood hadn't changed. And, but he had so many property and he had so many problems and everything that can possibly go wrong with the deal went wrong. He did a horrible renovation. He did equity skimming, which means he, but then you can get the appraiser to work with the investor and the lender. They jacked the appraiser up, appraised value to the mats, gave me a little capital in the front end, which I didn't realize was my capital for the appraisal. So in other words, I was underwater, bad property, and then I had to put tenants in it. Yeah. That was a nightmare. So. My background training was being a system engineer. So I'm a very sure. logical thinking person. Yep. So for me, I vow never let that happen again. I said, never do I want to go through a real estate transaction that was so painful and such a bad experience. So I began to just devour everything I could on real estate. Because yeah. now the orphanage was my, using an analogy, if I, if I live in DC and I want to go to California, the orphanage was California, right? Didn't know how I was going to get there. But for me, I just started looking at little ways to get there by buying property, understanding real estate, and begin to build that process, that pathway that way. So that really got me more focused on real estate than incident. It made me take it seriously and really understand the game of real estate, I would say. And then really began to look at how can I bring a system to real estate? Because real estate is one of those industries where it feeds off your ignorance, right? Sure. Culture of the business. You know, I think the, business in general feeds off our ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So for me, that was just the way that I got started. My first property, that bad experience, but it led me to start to say, I want to create a system, a structure, and I want to look at how I can buy not just one property. How can I buy a block of properties? How can I transform a city? So those questions began to form. And that's where I began to understand the importance of collaboration 
building what I call connection with other tribes and right. connecting with individuals to achieve those kind of higher purpose goals. Yeah. The, the biggest thing that I heard you just say that I want to point out for the listeners is this. You, you had this where you were and then this huge picture of what, what you wanted, you know, the orphanage, helping others, this higher purpose. And we already identified there was this huge gap. And for you, it wasn't because this is where most people live, right? They live in, oh, wow, I want all of this. And then, and then that they stay there. They stay in the cloud. They stay in the, the up here. You came back down and goes, okay, how can I practically start building the steps all the way over to California, or in this case, to the orphanage, to what you wanted? So the, the steps, it's the action. It's the, it's the, okay, I've got the vision, but I've got to come back down to where I am now. And I got to start building a plan and then taking action steps to be able to get what I want. So the listener today might say, well, I want to build a seven-figure business. I want to, I want to make a million bucks. I want to become a millionaire. I want to buy real estate or I want to grow my business. I want to hire a key person. These things that we say that we want that maybe seem like, ah, is that really tangible? What I'm hearing you say is, Figure out what that thing is, identify it, identify a plan to get there, and then start taking steps. Would you add anything to that, King? Absolutely. I, like I said, when I'm sharing you with my, my original origin story, what reading the book of Malcolm X autobiography forced me to do is read more. So you have to become, if you want to be a millionaire, you have to become an avid reader to the point where it's something that you like, like you seek it, you seek information. Like I might read three, four books on a monthly basis. And I consume that verbally by reading a book. I actually listen to audio books. I actually watch YouTube of the authors that wrote those books. Yeah. Right. So I'm consuming information in a variety of different ways. And I love it. It's not work to me. But that's the first step is number one is once you have a plan is you have to figure out what's my level of competence and then what's my commitment to making it happen. Those two yeah. things you have to figure out for yourself because no one else can assess that for you, right? And your confidence can grow, obviously, but your commitment has to be there. So it goes back to that why. You know, why am I doing this? And for me, it can be money, right? And just be, some people can be motivated by money. I just want more, I want more. And to me, I believe that never ends. It's like a drug. Like, you know, when people smoke crack for the first time, they say the high, the first high is the greatest. And they chase that high forever. They never get back to that very first high. And I think that's where if you lay by money as you're motivating, that's how that is. You're never going to have enough, right? I mean, you yeah. start doing unscrupulous things in order to get it. Where if you have a higher purpose, which is, I want to make an impact in the world. Like for me, I always like this analogy. When you look at people like Bob Morley, you look at other individuals whose name, whose face can be on a t-shirt with nothing else. It's just right. their face and it conveys. For me, that's the legacy I want to leave. Yeah. That when you look at my face, it represents I live a legacy. And so it's that part of my ego, but by the same token, I'm committed to that service of executing and creating value. And that's the next step is you got to create value. Once you have a plan, it's like next thing is I have to create value in what I do. If you don't create value, then no one is really going to purchase your product more than once and you definitely don't get referrals. So that, those to me are the key ingredients. Read have a plan, create value, and then find a way to be of service to others. Yep, I love it. I love it. Hey, Chaz Wolf here. As many of you know, I have been on an absolute mission to help entrepreneurs from all across the country in many different industries level up their game and grow their business and intentionally connect with other entrepreneurs. 
We do that obviously through the podcast, but we also have a peer-to-peer mastermind group specifically for seven to nine-figure business owners. We are bringing some of the best and most successful entrepreneurs and minds together in a regular and super intentional way to not only grow our network, but to be able to leverage. And at a certain point in business, success becomes about leverage, leveraging time, leveraging resources, leveraging key relationships. This is exactly what we're doing inside of the peer-to-peer mastermind group called Gathering the Kings, specifically for seven to nine-figure business owners. So if that's you, if you're ready to level up your seven to nine-figure business even to the next level and get around other big hitters just like you, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com, fill out a short application, and uh, it'll come to an application uh, call with me, and I want to chat with you to see if it might be a good fit. Talk soon. Okay, let's talk about a good and bad decision here. I want to know something along the way in this, in this you know, plan and steps and stuff that you're talking about, you're taking and commitment and all this, all this analyzing that you did. What was an actual decision that you made that literally catapulted you to where you are now that you're looking back that you can share with us? A decision that I made that catapulted me was moving to Baltimore City. I live in deep Washington, D.C., not born and raised, but grew up my adult years in Washington, D.C., and I decided I wanted to start investing in real estate in Washington, D.C. because I felt the growth, I'm sorry, Baltimore, I saw the growth happen in D.C. I felt that a similar market was going to grow. So I pretty much moved to D.C. on my, I mean, Baltimore on my own, didn't know anybody, just with the goal, with the plan and the strategy. And I came here with the goal of buying blocks of real estate and create a movement around buying real estate and transforming neighborhoods. And that dream, that vision led to folks just really making introductions. Every time I had a conversation with somebody, I would share with them, here's what my vision is. Here's what I want to do. Every conversation I always ended with, you got to meet such and such. I need to connect you to such and such. And rapidly, I began to get connections to institutional leaders, Congress individuals, successful business leaders in the Baltimore city. The good thing about Baltimore city, it's a, it's a big city, but it has a small city vibe where everyone knows one another. And that's a good thing that can be leveraged for your benefit. And you have a higher purpose and you want to do something that improves conditions of others. This is an important lesson I want to share with the listeners is that your, your purpose should always be something that benefits others. No one wants to help you make money. Right. People will help you make help others make money. Right. Sure. So as long as your goal is that, people are willing to do what they can. And it always starts with social capital. And those relationships led me to other connections. Folks, I created a company that was a membership-based organization. I can talk more about that. People began to join more organizations. They had the same mission I had. And they began to see how I was assembling my team to build the infrastructure. That led to raising capital. I raised about a million dollars. And begin to start buying property up and buying property up and putting residents. I call it developer without displacement. Buy the residents, putting residents that currently live in the community and renting, but putting them in our properties in a rent to own model, providing education, financial literacy, so they, they actually can purchase that property from me in five years, put them in the process of build wealth as well as home ownership. So I've always been centered around financial literacy and real estate as mechanisms for building wealth. And that's what I advocate, and that's what I always build within every company that yeah. I work for. I'm gonna I'm gonna take two things for the listener there to write down. Number one, I heard you say you took a leap of faith, you moved, you didn't know anybody, it was probably really nervous or nerve-wracking, it's a little bit scary, but you you knew where you needed to go and you went faithfully. The second thing I heard you say is that 
the connections, the relationships, helping others is always going to be forefront for you and that money will follow. And I would agree with that. The relationships, it's so hard sometimes because especially when you're in the place of where the listener is right now and they're just kind of stuck in the daily grind and they got to go one job to the next or one client to the next just to kind of keep it going. But I'm telling you right now what, what King is talking about, which is that social capital. If you can start projecting energy into the social capital, even in your own network, deals and opportunities for your business and opportunities to serve other people, they start coming because you've, you've put people as a, as a trajectory of where you're going. King, I want to switch over to a bad decision, bro. What have you done? That's just been almost derailed the whole thing. Give us some detail on what we can stay away from. <laughs> well, that's a great question as well. You know, happened within the same context within Baltimore city. You know, as I said, I came with great successful. This is back 2017, buying a property, accumulating property, taking a lot of debt, a tremendous amount of debt. And that's what you're going to do when you talk about faith. You will, I, I say it's the difference between good debt and bad debt, right? That's what I think a lot of people need to understand. Good debt is debt that makes you money. Bad debt is debt that just takes money from you and depreciates in value. So I think people need to be aware of taking off good debt. So my point is, I had about 30, 40 properties under my portfolio. I had people saying these properties, systems going great. And then COVID hit. Right when I was in the process of bringing in $50 million to really expand my model at a higher level, in great discussions, capital was like two weeks away. COVID hits, shuts everything down. Yep. Important lesson I learned, though, along this journey was that, see, my... I think it's a gift and it's ability and it's sometimes the curse as well. And the ability to see talent in other people and potential in other people. And because of that, I have a soft heart. So when I meet someone and they're saying the right things, I'm like, okay, well, I want to work with you. I want to help. So I was putting people in my property who have bad credit and mm -hmm. those things. And I'm like, well, I can work with them. I, I have a program, the infrastructure. And right. the minute they didn't have to pay rent by law, and I couldn't evict them. They chose not to pay rent. Yeah. That put me in million dollars worth of bad debt immediately. Right. I had to pivot from that. I'm still processing and pivoting from that now, but I've yeah. actually now got to the other side of the horizon. But that bad decision of trusting people who I had didn't have a relationship with and making those bad calculations along those lines is something that I tell folks you got to be mindful of having a discernment process in place. And that's where I am now of how you really discern anyone you're going to do business with to make sure that they're who they say they are, number one, that they're committed to what they say they're going to do, number two, and that they're committed to growing their competence. I, I go back to those two things, and that's what I realized, that people will say amen all day long when you're offering something, but very few people are really committed to following through that process. Yeah. So that bad lesson for me cost me a million dollars and had to pivot, but fortunately for me, I was able to build great social capital. And that's why I really stress the importance of building relationships with people and not transactions. Because when transactions go bad, a lot of times they will go bad. The relationship is always going to persevere. And from a relationship, you can have multiple transactions. But if you just start off on a transaction, you got to get a lot of lawyers involved. You don't trust one another. And it becomes stressful. And that's a horrible way to navigate business when they're having a whole, you know, you're making money. But you at a point where you are stressed because you don't want anything to go wrong. And 
everything goes wrong in business. It's just how you navigate and the people you work with, can we work through it together? And can we make the decision to say, we're going to solve this problem? Right. Yeah, I love what you said there, that everything goes wrong. And it's not from a negative, you know, Nancy perspective or, you know, you're, you're trying to shun people and get them out of business. You're just being real. You're saying, hey, look, here's the, here's the real deal <laughs> is that you can plan, you can take action. And a lot of things are going to go your way because you've done right things. But there's a lot of things that don't go your way. Just not a lot of people talk about it. And that's kind of partially for the show here and, and why we do this. But, you know, here you are, you, you lost a million bucks. And, and my guess would be that there wasn't a whole lot of people who knew about it because you don't seem like a complainer type. It's not like you went, you know, asking for, for um, some sort of a handout. It, it was, okay, let me get back on the grind. Let me get some capital raise. Let me pivot. Let me figure out the problem. Let me, let me solve the the problem with a solution. And so I think that that's the biggest takeaway so far that I'm hearing. I mean, obviously, I think every listener knows this, but I just want to like really hit it home that the place that they're in right now, the frustration, the overwhelm, the things that they feel like is like, oh my goodness, I'm a good person. Why is this happening to me? It's because this is how business goes. And so therefore you have to go back to what King was talking about. You have to create a plan. You got to put commitment, obviously, there's systems, there's processes, there's people. He's talked a lot about people. You got to have these things in place and you're constantly improving them. You're constantly working on them. You're constantly building the thing and people inside the thing so that it doesn't, and maybe there's less and less of these, these moments, these catastrophic moments, but they still happen. It's, it's not like anything that you've done wrong per se, but there are things that maybe you're missing. And I think that's probably the, the, the thing that, that he's, Communicating, King. Would you would you add anything to that little synopsis there? Yes, yeah, I think you did a great job of summing it. But what I would also add to it is I'm just saying that everything is energy. At the end of the day, you know, Einstein said energy is everything, and everything is energy. And when you really begin to be an entrepreneur, you really understand what that really means, and you begin to not intellectually understand it, but how to apply it. And what I mean by that is this: how you greet someone on a call is energy. If I start to call off and I'm, how you doing, Kay? Uh, I'm okay. Right? Right there, in your mind, you think, well, I'm going to make sure this stays within its 10-minute parameters. I'm going <laughs> to wait and get off this call because right. I don't want to waste my time with someone with that energy, right? Yeah. Money is energy. You attract. People believe with this law of attraction, you attract what you want. I believe there's a caveat to that. You attract who you are. Yeah. You first become a person of kindness, of servitude, of something that's worth attracting. And yeah. then people attract to you and people bring money, right? That's how that works. And it's not just you walk outside as a magnet and money just starts attracting. No, you attract people and those referrals and that social capital is what keeps you afloat. So for me, one of the greatest lessons I learned was by being a, known as a person of service and known as a person of giving, yeah, I stumbled. But people knew that I was committed. So it was more like, well, King, how are you going to handle this? Yep. Right. And that was the questions that was asked. And I took it upon myself to say, and I tell folks, when you really become an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, you have to look at it this way. You don't get days off. We get hours off. So you start to say, okay, I'm off for a few hours. I can eat. I can read. I can relax. But then you got to get back on your grind. Right. But yeah. you want to do something that is in your soul to do. And that's why I say it can't be make, about making money. Because if, if my business, I'm not judging anybody who has these businesses. But it's just not for me. Like, I can't open cleaners, a, a line of dry cleaners, right? I don't know passion behind it. Somebody might, someone may have. Yeah. My passion is 
really building houses and creating communities through financially intelligent tribes. I'm passionate about that. So right. I consume information, build connections, make an alignment, and I meet great people like Steph Chaz, who I can begin to look at. And here's the key word I just really want folks to take away. Always look for the opportunity to co-create. What can we do together that didn't exist prior to us meeting? Right. Yeah. If you can have that kind of mentality, then you can build some great relationships and generate social capital. Yeah, I love that. All right, let's transition to the speed round, King. I think uh, you've given us already more than we bargained for, but I want to jump in here. If you could dwindle everything that you've talked about this, raising capital, unto buying real estate, unto building communities and, and, and doing the higher purpose thing, if you dwindle it all down into one trackable metric, what is it? I would say, again, it would have to be purpose and energy. Okay. How do you track that? Or how are you tracking that? You track that through how people respond to you when you reach out to them. Like, for example, if I was to call you at three in the morning, right? And that's what I call this the Oprah Winfrey impact. Okay. Where you know if it's Oprah calling you at three in the morning, you could be tired. You're going to take that call. You might say, Oprah, I'm tired. Can I call you back? But you take that call, acknowledge that fact. You don't let Oprah go to voicemail. Right. So my goal is I want to get to the point where anyone I call, I can get you to answer that phone at any given time and at least acknowledge the fact that you're taking my call and you call me back, right? And then call back, right? Right. Honor that commitment. So to me, that's when you know that you are operating at a, at a level of integrity that people want to connect with you and they want to honor their commitment to you. And if you can get to that level, then to me, you would never have any, you will always have issues, but you'll never be defeated. Let me say in that context. Love it. I love it. Okay. Next question is what book would you recommend that a six-figure business owner read specifically who's trying to get to that seven-figure million-dollar mark? Well, books, there's several books. I'm sure people always do that answer. But the one book that I would say is this. This is my Bible that I read religiously every day. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey. That book changed my life. And it's a book that is not a book to read once and say I read it. It's a book to live. It's livable, actionable, principle-centered goals. It's living your life according to principles and being principle-centered. And that's not something you just read and apply. It's something you got to live and go through that journey. Love it. Okay. Do you intentionally network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? Well, I don't like the term network, but I will say I intentionally connect. There you go. And that's a difference between networking is more like, here's my business card, call me, and you're looking for something. Connecting right. is you co-create and you build it. So absolutely. That's a part of my entire, I divide my day into revenue generating activities and relationship building activities. Yep. I love it. And and just a little plug here, King, you've got your own podcast and it's called King's Connections. And so this, this idea of connecting, not just networking or looking for something, but specifically building social capital is something that you actually believe you're doing this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. Okay. King, if you only had one hour each week to work on or in your business, how would you use that one hour to operate your business successfully like you do now? I will work on my systems because once you have systems that you develop very well, then systems can actually be modified. They can be expanded. They can be measured. They can be changed. And the whole world operates off systems. That's what folks don't realize. We live off the education system, 
criminal justice system, the traffic system, you know, all these systems that we operate within, financial banking systems, real estate system. So the system is the core component I would spend my time on because you can hire people that fit within that system. You can let people go from within that system. The system is going to help you grow, expand, and make sure that you're staying on track. Yep. Love it. Okay. Last question here for you, King. If you lost it all, what would you do? Well, I have lost it all previously. And I can <laughs> tell you exactly what I had to do. And that's once you build yourself up, again, understand everything's energy. Yeah. You go back, you do a deepest perspective analysis, deep introspective analysis to figure out what I did wrong. What can I do better? Take ownership of it. It's never external. It's always you. What can you do to make better? And then once you make that modification, you make that change, you go back out and you continue to keep building. You never stop. Yeah, I love it, man. You obviously, you lost it all, but then you've, you're, you're back at it here today. And so you're a living testament that of what you just said. You just, you, you never stop. You have to keep going. I love your reassessment piece. I think extreme ownership as a book or just as a principle of looking at it as it's always you, I think is great. I think it gives us self-awareness to be able to go, okay, what's the bottleneck? Even though I haven't lost it all, the listener should be thinking this right now. I haven't lost it all. I still have a good business. I got a, I'm doing three, four, five, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars in business. I haven't lost it all like King did. What can I do right now to identify the bottleneck that can be honest with myself, take ownership of it, everything that he just said, and be able to move forward in a specific way that's going to bring results and, and, and get you to the next level. So King, how can someone connect with you? They, they like what you're saying. They want to maybe even get in on some of this social um, you know, capital you're talking about, maybe some of the projects that you guys are going to start building. How can someone find you and connect? Absolutely. Well, my, my website's first source, kingconnections.org. And that's kingconnections with the S, that O-R-G. They can find me on LinkedIn, Christopher King. They can find me on Facebook, Conscious King. You know, so those are the three sites. Look for me on YouTube as well. You can actually kind of watch the content I create. And just one last little piece I want to add to that. Don't be afraid to lose everything. Right? And I mean, not, not that you seek it, but it's like driving a car, right? right. Don't be, you're not afraid to have an accident. You, you're concerned that I'm mindful of not having an accident, but you're not afraid. You don't let that stop you from driving a car. So once you understand business and you understand how to make money, if you lose everything, you you can get it back. That's all I want to get people to understand. I love it. I love the perspective. Your mindset is impenetrable. You've obviously done things over the course of time that have been incredible, that have not only impacted you, but many others around you. So thank you for that. Thank you for being a good example. Thanks for being here on the show, man. We wish you nothing but success. Yeah, thank you for having me on your show. I look forward to the infinite possibilities that we can do. Uh, hopefully we can co-create some things together in the future. Co-create, here we come. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful, but not done. 
were intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.